Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory with this glorious power. And alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him is the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo. Ayo. And over yonder, super producer, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid. Comment away, sub around, and find out. We just hit 66,000 subs on YouTube. Let's get to 100K. Go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Uh, we recently posted a new shirt. Thank you for supporting No Dunks. No Dunks, 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 No Dunks. That's tough to say a lot of times in a row. I was really struggling there. No Dunks, No Dunks, No Dunks, No Dunks, No Dunks, No Dunks. There, that was a bit better. I thought you were doing like a Super Mario Brothers interpretation. Denim, denim, denim. Oh, we should have a denim shirt. Okay. Just a straight denim shirt. We'll talk to Breaking Tea. Go to nodunks.com. Get all of your No Dunks merch over there. And tomorrow night... It's the game everybody's talking about. It's the No Dunks Bowl. It's an NBA watch party on playback at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the Bulls and the Raptors. Friendships will be tested. <laughs> this is like when the mega powers turn on each other. Who? You know. You know. <laughs> Macho Man. Hogan. Hogan was flirting with Miss Elizabeth. What the hell, brother? <laughs> so who's flirting in this I one? don't know. DeRozan? DeRozan was flirting a little with yeah. the Toronto crowd, I think. Yeah. Yes. He said this is going to be like an Eastern Conference Finals game. Yeah, that's insane. He's right. He's 100% <laughs> it's gonna right. It's going to be loud. He knows Toronto. people outside in Jurassic Park going crazy. Oh, he knows Toronto. Yeah. He's flirting. <laughs> For the 9-10 game. You know, yeah. we found out that uh, the Raptors organization themselves... They can't call Jurassic Park Jurassic Park. Don't have the rights, huh? whole movie, so it's all Raptor's tailgate or Leaf's tailgate, stuff like that. Mm. How do you feel about that? <laughs> man. My hand. It ain't, it ain't right. That ain't right, yeah, that ain't right. Oh, gosh. Doesn't bode well. No. It's like an angry dinosaur spitting in your face, <laughs> which happened in Jurassic Park. Who do you put that on, Spielberg or, or Crichton? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Crichton call for sure. I think sure. so too. Yeah, Spielberg doesn't mind. Dead for He's, twenty years. Well, spoiler. Well, then it's definitely his estate. Did he die on the They're island? Very protective. <laughs> Spielberg's making money. Did he die on the shitter? Was that him on the shitter when the T Rex got him? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, fun show here today. We got two playing games tonight. We'll look at them. Get you all set for Hawks Heat and, of course, Wolves Lakers. And we've got some Rudy Gobert news, of course, at that second game. We'll get into it later because today we're going to start with some Western Conference playoff previews 
And let's just jump right into it. The number six-seeded Warriors, the defending champs versus the number three-seeded Kings, they face off for the 2023 NBA playoffs. First round starting on Saturday night, ABC game. Not only will it be the first time the two Northern California teams face each other in the playoffs, but it's the first time these two teams have been in the playoffs in the same season (laughs) since the Kings moved from Kansas City in 1985. I love that stat so much. So not only are they in the the postseason at the same time, they're going to play each other here, Tass. So we got a couple questions as we break this down. We'll get to our predictions, but... Tass, big picture uh, thing here, you know, Kings Warriors. What is one thing that you're going to be watching in this series starting on Saturday? Well, both teams are going to score a lot. And when it comes down to the fourth quarter, who's going to execute better? I'm going to be watching Foxy, De'Aaron Fox. Can he execute against a guy I think the Warriors are going to put on him to get those stops in Gary Payton II? Late in games, Gary Payton II is not going to start. He's going to be fresh. And they're just going to put him on Fox as much as possible. And Peyton can play a lot because even though he's a bit of a liability offensively, the Kings don't really stop anybody. So that's not going to be an issue, I don't think. And, right. and I think Gary Payton II's freshness on Fox, the fact that they can just put him on him and, and stick him on him, might limit the other guy's effectiveness on the Kings offense a little bit as well. So that's the big matchup. Fox... His first postseason, exciting stuff. I do think these games are going to come down to the fourth quarters as much as the Warriors here are favored. The Kings ain't blowing the Warriors out, and the Warriors may blow out the Kings occasionally, uh, but I think Fox is going to have to execute, and everybody's going to be sticking at home, I think, on on the Warriors, even though their defense has been uh, stanky. I I think GP will be out there. It's going to be a fun matchup, those two dudes. uh, And the Warriors are happy to have him back. You know, just recently, mm-hmm. but he's he's unlike Wiggins. Like he's in game shape, and again, because he doesn't start, he'll be fresh at the end of the game. So, Foxy versus GP for me. What do you got? I think it's the other point guard matchup. That's a, a huge question because the Kings don't have anybody to guard Steph Curry. He went for thirty three six and five against Sacramento this season. Shot fifty eight percent from the floor, fifty from three, ninety one at the free throw line. Their best chance, the Kings defensively, is probably like Davion Mitchell. But if he's playing a lot. You're taking one of your five starters off the court, also not going to Malik Monk, which really limits their offense, and this is an offense first team, so I wonder if they just try and put Fox on Curry, let him work as hard as he can, and really overcommit to Steph, try to get the ball out of his hands, force some turnovers, maybe force somebody else to beat them, because you would rather take your chances, even with Klay Thompson shooting Mm -hmm. threes. I mean, he had 301 threes this season, so it's not a good bet, Mm -hmm. but it's better than Steph Curry, who should be the best player on the court for the entirety of this series, and it's almost a matter of how can the Kings mitigate that factor, because Fox is going to have to score to negate what Steph is doing, and then make it a little bit tough. Otherwise, Curry's just going to put up 40-point game after 40-point game. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to talk about the big guys a little bit. I am really pumped to see Sabonis, who's very likely going to be all NBA third center uh, versus Draymond Green, who's you know always in the running for a Defensive Player of the Year nod. I don't think he's going to win it, but he's going to get some votes. And and what I like about it is you know Looney will see some action on him too. He's a big body, but Sabonis, when you think about it, he operates a lot like Draymond in that Mike Brown Kings offensive system, sort of as that facilitator. This is going to be a whole lot of screens and dribble handoffs. Like there's going to be a ton of them to open up the floor for your Foxes and your Curries and then the three point shooters, but. I'm just excited to see Draymond try and battle with Sabonis. That's a big dude. You know, they'll run the dribble handoff action 
you know, he'll get it to his guys to then splash out to three-point shooters. But then if that nothing happens there, he doesn't like it, he will just take a guy in the post. Draymond's an ox, though, too. I mean, this is two. He's obviously not as tall as Sabonis, but Jesus, uh, a smart defender and a strong defender at that. So I just wonder, too, like foul trouble coming into play. Can they put pressure? Can Sabonis put pressure on Draymond Green? Maybe play him off the floor a little bit because then that'll open things up for Sacramento. I'm just pumped for that yeah. sort of one-on-one battle. Again, Looney will be on him, don't get me wrong, but there will be a ton where Draymond is sort of the main guy on Sabonis. Yeah, it's interesting how deep the Warriors are going to be able to go if Green gets in foul trouble. That's a, that's a big if. He should be smart enough to be able to stay on the floor. But will you be able to even throw Wiggins on there? Wiggins hasn't played in months. Will he be able to just get out there and be half Andrew Wiggins? And the good thing about Wiggins getting back to himself for the Warriors is that he won't have to be on the best players for the Kings. He can start on Harrison Barnes or Keegan Murray or guys that are sort of the, you know, the secondary type guys. And and because the Warriors are going to score, they, they're they not going to rely too much on Wiggins offensively. So I think he can slowly get going. And if Wiggins to me is going to be, you know, like half Andrew Wiggins' capabilities, that's just bad news uh, for the Kings, I think. If he can play just both ends. Because they can do so much more. Let's, let's say Green goes down defensive or goes down into foul trouble instead of Kuminga that you're going to bring out or, or somebody as a smaller backup. You can play Wiggins more. If he plays. So it, yeah. uh, so I assume Wiggins is going to get going, quarter number one, possession number one, and get himself into the series pretty quick. Yeah, to go back to your Gary Payton II comment, too, putting him on Fox. We look at this series and we go, well, the Kings don't play defense. They are, like, of all the teams in the playoffs, they have the worst defensive rating, but the best offensive rating, as we showed you. And then you go, well, the Warriors aren't great defensively either. Like, they're middle of the pack this season. They've sort of disappointed. Part of that probably, like, championship hangover, and they're like, you know, we'll turn it on when we get to the playoffs, which I assume they will. But also, since Gary Pate II has come back in the last two weeks, I think they had the best defense in the league. Then you're adding Andrew Wiggins. We don't know what, you know level he's going to be at, how long it's going to take for him to get into that sort of game shape. You'd think it would come quicker maybe on the defensive end, being an athlete, than it would on the offensive end, finding a shot. But, like, that's scary for the Kings. I guess what I'm getting at here is if, like, there was no Gary Payton second, if there was no Wiggins, ah, uh, maybe it's, like, a lot tighter. But, man, those guys, like, just help make the Warriors' middle-of-the-pack defense back into sort of, like, an elite defense. And that's... That's a scary part, I think, for Kings fans. I don't think the Warriors have a middle-of-the-pack defense. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the best defenses in the playoffs because they elevate yeah. it for the playoffs, whereas the Kings, I don't really think they can get to another level. They've been trying to get to another level for the past five seasons, and they're staying in the bottom five. So it's going to be tough. They're going to have to outscore them, which the Kings certainly can do because they can at least shoot with the Warriors. They're going to have four shooters on the court almost all the time. And then, like you're saying, Sabonis versus the couple of bigs. Yeah. I'm a little worried about Sabonis. He hasn't been very good in the playoffs in his career. Under 10 points per game, under five rebounds, under two assists. Pretty bad stuff. He was playing on a Pacers team that had a lot of people just standing in the middle. But he can be taken out of the game a little. And I think Looney probably starts on him and takes a huge chunk of it to keep him off the glass and to let Draymond help and just gunk up things in the middle because he's good enough to challenge a shooter in the corner and help in the middle at the same time. All right, let's move over to uh, Kings Warriors X-Factor. Trey, you get us started. Who you got your eye on here for either team? Well, I think Gary Payton II is the biggest X-Factor in the series, probably alongside Dante Vincenzo, just because that gives the Warriors the best chance of guarding De'Aaron Fox. But you touched on it a little bit, Tass, with Harrison Barnes and Keegan Murray. They're going to get shots in this series because the Warriors will do everything they can to take Fox out of the game and to take Sabonis out of the game, which then leaves open looks for Keegan Murray playing in his first 
postseason uh, of all time, you know, in their biggest game of the year when he was trying to break the the rookie record for threes. The Kings were trying to clinch their first playoff berth. He went one for eight. Does he turtle uh, once the lights are bright? Maybe. How does Harrison Barnes respond playing against his former team? Yeah. A guy who's been really solid for the Kings this season gets to the free throw line, hits open threes. They're going to need that. They're going to need a third scorer outside of Fox and Sabonis because there will be times when the Warriors make the Kings do anything else besides what they want to do. Are those guys ready? Maybe so. If they show up in like four games, the Kings have a chance. Yeah, those vets, to me, uh, Barnes and then throwing Kevin Herter there. I, I call him a vet because he has had playoff experience with the Atlanta Hawks. Those two guys to take pressure off Sabonis and Fox yeah. because Sabonis needs those dudes to just stay on the floor and not get shut down and have a little bit of space. That's, to me, the, the biggest Kings factor. Uh, besides, you know, the Warriors, If I know if they play to their capabilities, they should be the favorites. Uh, but I guess in, in all the chats about this series, people don't think the Kings can get to the level that they were playing at. Or if they have another level. They just have to play to that level, I think, and, and then this will be a series. The, the level that they played at all season long. Will they have a home court advantage in this series? I think that's a, another big question. It's 90 minutes away from Chase Center in Golden State. Like There will be fans from Golden State. Yeah. I know Sacramento fans were, are going to show out. There, there's no doubt. But the Warriors will have fans in the building. And their old legs will be helped by not flying, I think, as well. Just They just, keep talking about this. I wanted to get your take on it. Draymond especially it. is like, yeah. Like, we want to play Sacramento. And everybody's like, oh, they want to play Sacramento because they've never been there. They're going to kick their ass. But they're really saying, no, we want to play them because we don't have to get on a plane. That's great. We can just jump on a bus and we can sleep in our own beds. Yeah, is well, it reachable via boat? <laughs> I don't know. Clay Thompson so. loves the sail. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, that's the funny thing with uh, with even Clay. Like We won't even talk about Clay. As, as you said, they're going to try and take away Steph. Clay's been on freaking fire. Uh, and, and I do think, yeah, I think the old legs, that, that plane thing is real. Just because they know... They haven't, they haven't lost a series in the in the Western Conference. Like, Steve Kerr has never lost a Western Conference series, ever. So they are so freaking confident that, yeah, this these little dumb things, like not getting on a plane, yeah, that's good for that's Like, we have we know how we can play to this, uh, this level, this exceptional level. And, yes, getting in a car and driving for 90 minutes and not having to get on a plane and do that crap, I think, is is good for them. And, uh, yeah, this this the whole road record of 11 and 30 – for them kind of goes out the window, especially because the Kings don't have an incredible home court advantage. You think without looking at the stats, yeah, it's their arena is going to be bumping, but pretty average offensive or uh, home court advantage at 23 Been one and of the better road teams the Sacramento Kings have. Yeah. During the season. Totally. Uh, one of the X factors, you know, I did a ton of reading about this series. I'm sure you guys did as well. Like you're looking for the articles and maybe listening to other podcasts. And I didn't find one thing that felt like written about Jordan Poole. Like, you know, you're bringing up all the big names. We've gone through, like, We haven't mentioned Jordan Poole. I know. And I didn't see his name mentioned in anything I read for this. And I was like, what the hell? I know he's had a very weird season up and down. But I think he is a bit of an X factor. Maybe not even in this series, but moving forward for the Warriors and their chances to repeat as champions. Are you looking ahead? I I possibly am. But, like, (laughs) looking back, do you remember what Poole did in the first two rounds last season? He was on fire. Now, he started in the first round series versus the Nuggets because Curry was coming off the bench, coming back from injury. Poole averaged 29-5 and five in the first three games in that series. They won all three of them. Uh, and then he sort of tailed off as that series went on. They had it wrapped up. In the next series against the Grizzlies, 
coming off the bench pool was, he averaged 26, five and five in the first three games. And they took a two, one lead starting on the road in Memphis. My point is he was like instrumental in them getting off to great starts in these games, in these series, and then going on to win the title. And it's like, what type of pool are we getting here? I mean, we, he's going to play, of course. He could have these 30-point games in him, for sure. But he could have his stinkers where he goes 3-for-12 and he forces the action and there's some bad turnovers and Warriors fans get on him. So I just think, like, I'm not sure he's an X-Factor really to get by the Kings here, but I think in the uh, grand scheme of things here, the looking at, like, 16 games to win, to win the title, he's going to play a part, either helping or hurting them, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think Monk versus Poole is kind of a swing matchup here off the bench because both teams, really good starting lineups. I think, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know who you give the advantage to off the bench. Probably the Warriors, just because they do have Poole and they've got experienced guys, whereas with the Kings, you're kind of just hoping Malik Monk has an incredible shooting night. He's had a lot of great nights, mm-hmm. and he's a really high volatility player. Like you're saying, Poole can have terrible nights where he's just taking the worst heat checks, and the turnovers to me are almost a worse problem with him than taking bad shots. But if Monk can outplay Poole when everybody's in bench mode, that is huge because the Warriors' starting lineup, no doubt, is better than the Kings' starting lineup. So they need Malik Monk to be better than Jordan Poole to have a chance, I think. Kings-Warriors predictions. Task, get us started. Where are you going? I'm definitely going with the Golden State Warriors. I've been deliberating uh, how many the Kings can take. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy into, even though the Warriors have been playing really well, just the entire entirety of the season, how the Kings have been playing, I'm going to say that the Warriors are going to win in seven. Wow. Which, wow. Uh, you know, it's weird because it'll be on the road, obviously, in Sacramento. Just having a little faith uh, in the Kings. Maybe a little too much faith. Uh, but, uh, yeah, according to the betting odds, the, yeah, the Warriors are the heavy, heavy, heavy favorite mm-hmm. um, and to win in, in between five and six games. Uh, so... Yeah, I'll give a little respect uh, to the to the Sacramento Kings. Hopefully, they can execute, and hopefully, Demonte Sabonis has learned from uh, a lot of those player uh, Pacers days because yeah, they they were bad. Um, <laughs> they, you know, watching getting into the play in tournament in years past, he just wasn't anywhere close to himself. So, the the Barnes effect, the Herder effect, uh, combined with Sabonis, I think they hopefully have enough veteranship. and yeah, a little bit of rust from the Warriors like Wiggins, uh, but. I I, I'm not even buying myself as I say it. I, I think the Warriors could do, end it quicker, but I'll give them seven. Okay, Warriors in seven says Tass. What about you, Trey? I got the Warriors in six. Yeah. I think they win game one on the road, and home court advantage is gone for the Kings. Just like that, the Warriors will end up celebrating after a 1-1 going back to Golden State. We did all we needed to do, win a, mm. home, yeah. win a road game there, just like we always do. So I think the experience will play a factor here. I think getting into the playoffs is going to be a different beast. For the Kings, things always slow down, much like they did for the Nuggets once upon a time when they were the fastest team in the league, the greatest offense, and they got to the playoffs. Things slowed down a little bit, but awesome season for the Kings. Tough matchup in the first round, playing basically their big brother. Like, the Kings want to be the Warriors. That's 100% what they want to do is rip off everything they did to become a dynasty. So good place to start, but now you're seeing the real thing. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so Warriors in seven, Warriors in six. Um, I agree with you that... I mean, if I could bet on this, I, I would right now, that the Warriors will win one of those two games in Sacramento. Could be game one. It's going to be game one or two. I don't see Sacramento holding home court at all because that's what the Warriors do. Despite this shitty regular season road record, they're going to win one of those games. I actually see a lot of similarities uh, to this series 
to and you'll you'll remember this task the 2014 playoffs when our Raptors finally snapped like a pretty bad playoff drought it wasn't nearly as bad as 16 years for the Kings but it had been like five or six years the Raptors hadn't sniffed the playoffs they finally had a good year their whole thing was we the North that year we got the Kings with the light the beam the Raps won 48 games here are the Kings with a similar record they won the divisions both of those teams they were the number three seed in their conference and who did the Raptors get they got the Brooklyn Nets in the 3-6 matchup. Now, that was the Nets where it was all the old guys. It was your Paul Pierce. It was your Joe Johnson, your Darren Williams, your Kevin Garnett. Uh, the guys that have been through the ringer, maybe not with the Brooklyn Nets in that case, but had won some championships, had some playoff success. Just been there, done that. And I feel like that's what's maybe going on here. But I know I took the Raptors in that series to beat the Nets. I'm doing the exact same thing here because I'm an idiot. Kings in seven. Just because I want to believe it. My head says Warriors and six, but my heart says Kings and seven. So I'll play on both sides. I like exactly. that. Exactly. No, Kings and seven. Kings and seven. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Uh, why not? Why not? They just got to outscore them, outgun the greatest three-point shooting backcourt we've ever seen in history. Yeah, they got to win. The Kings have to win on the road. because They, I, they I can totally... do that. That's not. I 100% believe they can match. I think this will be a 2-2 series after four. With both and, of them. and so you think the, they would lose five and six in a in a your your head is saying Warriors and six if it's two two the Warriors yeah, would have I mean, to go to Sacramento and the, win Game Five. I'm pretty confident it's either going to be well. Look, I agree with Trey. It's like I said, this is the Golden State Warriors. We just know they're going to go to another level, and we're all sitting here going, "Can the Kings do that?" I like that Mike Brown obviously was with the Golden State Warriors. Does that help a little bit? I like that they faced some adversity this year. Remember the Kings started 0 and 4 again. And we're like, oh god, you know they rallied. Like they've got some backbone to them, and sure. that fan base is gonna be rabid. Like that will, unfortunately, it won't matter because I believe they'll lose one of the first two games. But Jesus, they haven't been on ABC since like <laughs> I don't know when, the mid 2000s, probably. So- Never. Since I don't even think an ABC on. game this year. I don't think so. <laughs> there were like four. I don't think so. Yeah, there so. were many. <laughs> there was like I don't three think weeks so. of games. Uh, the th- the thing ABC. with the Warriors is they don't even really have to get to another level at home. They're thirty-three and eight at home. They're so good mm-hmm. at home. Uh, so they, if they win, obviously if they win games three and four after stealing one, then it's over in six. I, I feel like the Kings can. They, to get to seven, they have to go steal one, obviously, because uh, I feel like they're going to lose one at home. Um, so I, I do believe that they, they can steal one. Because of the offensive firepower in this series, though, like, don't go turning off this game when... Hey, hey, I'm talking to you, Grish, my buddy Grish. Don't go turning off this game when somebody's up 15, 16 points, you know, midway through the second quarter. It won't matter, I don't think, with these two teams. With the way they can shoot, the way they can score, it could be gone. And especially the way the Warriors sometimes get sloppy with the ball as well. Like, they'll let teams back in the game, and I oh, think yeah. the Kings can take advantage of it. So I'll go Kings in seven. Obviously, it's uh, wishful thinking, but uh, I'm just hoping they uh, make some noise here, and at least we get a series. All right, let's keep it going. Let's go to the number four-seeded Phoenix Suns versus the number five-seeded L.A. Clippers. They're going to meet each other here in the first round in uh, another <laughs> Pacific Division showdown. <laughs> also, same time zones. Oh, I, I wow. saw that was a, a thing. These two teams. <laughs> yeah, same time zones. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's big time. Suns are hoping their uh, big KD splash here at the trade deadline helps them win it all, while the Clips are looking for some level of success after landing Kawhi and Paul George back in, what, 2019? Now, no PG to start this series. Well, what's one thing to watch? Trey, you get it started. How do the Clippers play defense without Paul George? 
That is a huge question for me because you look at the starting lineup matchups, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, sure. That seems to be what is going to happen. DeAndre Ayton and Ivica Zubats, they're probably stuck on each other as well. But then it's kind of up in the air, I think. You would assume maybe Kawhi Leonard guards Kevin Durant, but there's only one Kawhi Leonard right now uh, on the Clippers. And without Paul George, somebody's going to have to guard Devin Booker. So does that mean Eric Gordon or Nikola Batum is on Devin Booker? That seems like a bad idea to me. So could it be Kawhi guarding Booker and then Batum on KD? I don't know. You're one wing down, and it would be a perfect series to have two great defensive wings in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But I assume that... Kawhi's going to guard KD in the high leverage moments when it really, really matters. But he's going to have to stick on Booker, I do believe, for the majority of the game just because they need somebody to chase him around on screens. Maybe Terrence Mann will eventually move into the starting lineup as the series goes on, but I don't think that'll start right away. Ty Lue's a great adjustments coach, so maybe he pulls the trigger on that immediately. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like uh, there's too many suns to guard right now for the Clippers <laughs> with only one great defender out there. Yeah, the versatility of the Clippers is going to play a factor there with with the defense. They do have a lot of guys that they can throw out there, and there's just a lot of guys to guard with the Suns. <laughs> they're, they're clearly the leaders in the, in the star power category in this one. Everybody can score on the Suns. So the Clippers just got to get dirty uh, and grind it out, and, and Ty Lue is really, really good at adjusting, whether it's in-game. Even starting game one, there could be a major adjustment in throwing in Terrence Mann uh, to guard Devin Booker. He's not scared of doing that. He wasn't scared of not playing Russell Westbrook since they got him in fourth quarters. He's totally comfortable playing all his guys. Mm -hmm. And they go 12 deep. They literally can go 12 deep. The Paul George factor is a factor. I think his his defense is... uh, hasn't been as good as it has been in years past. Um, And it's, it's, to me, the, the worrisome part on the offensive end. Are they going to have enough scoring power just to match the dudes in Durant, Booker, uh, and Chris Paul and Aiton? Are they going to have enough stuff, scoring power? Because the Clippers have the depth. They don't foul a lot, blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to it, the Suns are going to score. Can Kawhi be a monster? Yeah. Can Kawhi do enough? Can Kawhi make up for not having Paul George out there? As deep as they are, they're going to scrap, but what kind of Kawhi are we going to get in fourth quarters? Is it going to be Raptors Kawhi? Is it going to be that, that old guy? And he has been gearing up for this, it sure feels like. like it's starting to look weekend. like that over the last little bit. Playing yep. back-to-backs for the first time in years, playing 40 minutes, looking awesome. But he's going he's gonna to have to be the best player because they, Durant – has the support of Devin Booker and Chris Paul to a lesser degree and yeah. DeAndre Ayton. I mean, you can you can say that they have, you know, three of the top five guys in this series, three of the top four guys in this series. So that's the worrisome part. Uh, do the, Can they match the star power? Do you think we'll see Paul George in this series at all? Or like will hanging it, out? Playing at all. Oh, no. You don't think so? Nah. And do you think that'll depend a little bit on how the series is going or starting even or – just like no chance he even plays. I just don't think he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, it was period. a pretty serious looking at Yeah. Yeah. And all the reporting has been, like from Shams, has been they're going to need to get out of this series to see Paul George. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. He's not factoring in my picks, at least. Yeah. And he, he kind of will. Uh, is a guy that comes on slowly, I think, after missing several weeks of play. You know, it's going to be almost a month, uh, most likely, by the time he comes back. I, 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 I watched a clip of his podcast podcast p with paul george 
Really, it was just a ratings play. He he went out and he updated everybody yesterday on oh, his injury. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> smart SEO <laughs> play. play. It like was that. like 90 seconds of him talking with a monstrous... 90-second podcast? No, 90 seconds oh. t- talking about the interview. This was actually a well-produced podcast okay. in that there were segments... It was edited. It wasn't just, hey, here's the mic, Paul. Uh, this We can do it. We can do it during your rehab, you know, at the arena. Like, this is in a in a, in a, uh, a studio oh, wow. setting. Lights are on. This isn't Patrick Beverly with, you know, he's doing it in his bathroom wherever he does his, his <laughs> Good podcast. Good audio in the bathroom. You could, yeah, great audio in the bathroom. Uh, anyway. What did he say uh, about he his said, injury? He, he said, oh, you want to know about that? No. Um he, he basically said he is – it's coming down to the wire for him. So that means like he is – he makes it seem like he could play. Uh, it could but, be a little gamesmanship, of course. Sure, right? sure. From but him he, and the clips. But he's working out a lot. Six out of seven days, not seven days. Three to four hours every morning, <laughs> getting right. it back. So it's coming down to the wire. I don't know what that means exactly. Like if he doesn't start game one, then he's not playing the entire series. But that knee brace was huge that he was wearing. So if he didn't, if he wanted to make it seem like he was coming back, I think they'd take off the knee brace. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know what the hell I, I watched, but I watched Podcast <laughs> P with Paul George. Who's the EP on Podcast P? Great job. <laughs> no idea. All right, let's get to an X factor in this series. Trey, who do you have circled in this one? Oh, you know it's three-point shooting, dog. Uh, you know it's three-point shooting. Gotta be an X factor. It's gotta be. The Clippers, though, nineteen and seven in games that they hit fifteen or more three-pointers. The Suns are just not a high-volume three-point shooting team. That can obviously change with Devin Booker being healthy, with Kevin Durant now in the lineup and healthy. But the Clippers are a team that gets really hot from three and takes a whole bunch of threes. So I think that they could beat them on a variance game there. Also, another efficiency point is LA is really good at getting to the line. Kawhi Leonard, in particular, Phoenix, fifth or 30th in free throw rate allowed. They're the worst in the league at sending teams to the line. So that's another way that the Clippers can win. So those are the two areas I'll be watching. The extra points, basically. The mm-hmm. Clippers hitting threes and the Clippers getting to the line because, uh, like Tass said, it's hard to keep up with the Suns scoring-wise, but that's a way the Clippers could do it. Yeah, agreed. They got to do it in the, the, the other, you know, the four factors uh, around the edges. Like can they uh, can they operate getting to the line as you said making those tough shots because that's what they do and I, I wonder how small the Clippers are going to go against the Suns because the Suns can win around the edges by offensive rebounding uh, that's that's what they do they're sixth in offensive rebounding kind of su- surprising when you look at it like that so Josh Okoge could get on the glass and score a bunch of extra points to go along with DeAndre Ayton even though they don't get to the line and they've got the best mid-range shooter in the world and Kevin Durant and maybe the the third best mid-range shooter in the world and Tevin Booker they can they can out you know sort of uh, out edge uh this the Clippers as well uh but you know just strictly from like a, a personnel standpoint I think Eric Gordon is just gonna have to be really really good uh to support Kawhi Leonard I think he's he's been very good since he got back to the Clippers, 42% from three, and he can guard a bunch of those guards. I know no one talks about his defense, uh, but he's capable. I think he can guard Paul. I think he can guard Booker in a pinch when they're, you know, will get their switches. Uh, I think he can get under Durant a little bit, and then Durant will just shoot over him and score. But uh, I, I, do, I do think that he will play a lot. He'll play in fourth quarters. I'm, I'm glad we haven't started or even really mentioned Russell Westbrook in this uh, in this preview and gone, ah, oh, this is the, the Westbrook versus Durant series. 
It ain't. Uh, Westbrook is hopefully for the Clippers going to play first, third quarters. And then I think Eric Gordon will come in and have to be a shot maker along with uh, Norman Powell. Those guys are going to be important. Westbrook has been playing well recently. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if he can continue at that level and not kill his own team and obviously take un, uh, ill-advised shots and take control of the ball a little bit, um, then they're going to be happy with whatever minutes he's playing, obviously, sort of in the rotations there. And Lou's going to give him a chance. I mean, he's going to play, of course, but you just don't want Russ... You almost just don't want him to get into like, oh, that's Kevin Durant over there. <laughs> it's revenge time for uh, everything that happened or how it went down in OKC. But I don't think he will. Uh, let's get to predictions then. Who do you got? How many games? I got the Suns winning this one in six games. I got a lot of love for Kawhi Leonard. I think he will win a game yeah. for the Clippers in this one. I can foresee a game where DeAndre Ayton gets into early foul trouble and Kawhi just takes 20 free throws in a game, hits 18 of them and puts up a 40 berg. Uh, I also can see a game where the Clippers hit 20 or more threes, but the Suns are just too good. And I think that uh, they're going to show that their 8-0 record with Kevin Durant in the lineup <laughs> yeah. against nobodies. I mean, one of the best teams they beat was the Bulls, and they completely smacked them, and the Bulls are not good. Uh, yeah. But that was like their best win with their squad out there. But this will be a nice opening round matchup uh, for the Suns because they're going to have to beat the Clippers to beat them, I think. I don't think the Clippers are just going to give up the series. But Phoenix, too good. Suns and six. Yeah. I wonder if the Clippers can rekindle that magic where they went to the conference finals a couple of years ago. They ended up having you know Kawhi out uh, and Paul George leading that team, and somehow finding you know seven eight guys that were able to support him. I just find that hard to believe this year. Paul George is an important part of their offense, and their offense wasn't all that good. So I just worry about those other guys really supplementing that. Eric Gordon again, it's going to have to score a lot, and Norm Powell is going to have to score a lot. So I don't think that's going to happen. As much as uh, I do believe in Ty Lue, I, I believe in that, that versatility, I, I just I find it hard to believe that they're going to outscore the Suns. And I don't think that factor of uh, not having that chemistry with the Suns, only eight games together, is really going to factor in at all. So I'll take the Suns in six. Suns in six. I like where you guys are going here. I'll change it up just to be a little different. I'll go Suns in five. Um, but, yeah, Kawhi, I'm pumped to see obviously healthy here in a playoff series. That makes sense that he's going to drag him across the finish line for maybe a game or two, but this is just too much here from the Suns. I'm at, like we like it's all KD. Booker's going to Booker's going to have a 40 burger in one of these games. So like easily. This guy's all like he he steps up his game in playoff series. So I think it's just going to be just too much here for the Clippers and I think we're all going to go after the fact like oh man, you guys maybe should have uh, tried to avoid the Phoenix Suns in that first round. Maybe it helps your chances. Would it have to have been through the play-in? Uh, probably. Could you have beaten the Grizzlies? Man, maybe. But I think the Suns love this matchup. I think they were excited about it, and I'll take the Suns in five. Let's hear from everybody out there when it comes to both of those series. Let's hear your predictions in the stream team or in the comments below. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll look ahead to tonight's play-in games. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. 
So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, back with nodunks. I've convinced myself after going back to look at Podcast P's knee brace. Paul George's knee brace he was wearing in his podcast. He's duping us. He's playing in game one. Look how big that knee brace is. It doesn't look like a guy who's ready to play basketball in four days. Not at all. So you think he said, give me the big brace give me the to biggest throw him brace. off the scent. Wow. You better That's believe That's smart, it. actually. I, yeah. I, give me the wide shot, too, so you can see my leg. Look at it. Hey, let's move out this glass table. Or at least make it glass so you can see through it and see my big brace. <laughs> Is that table made from skateboard trucks? Yeah, it looks like That's, yeah. Does it spin? That's weird. <laughs> skateboard pee. <laughs> oh, skateboard pee. Podcast pee. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. When I say play, you say in. Play. In. Play. In. Let's do it. We got two games tonight. We're underway. We'll start in the east. Hawks. It's been a while. Versus the Heat. We're in Miami. 7.30 p.m. Eastern. TNT. The winner advances to face the Celtics in the first round as the number seven seed. The loser gets one more crack at it, hosting the winner of the No Dunks Bowl on Wednesday night. What do you think, Tass? I know we've... Touched on it briefly on yesterday's podcast, but you've had a little bit more time to think. Uh, do the Hawks have any chance to beat Miami? A little more time to think, a little more time to convince myself that the Hawks are going to beat the Heat. I think they, I, I know they're wow. the underdog. I haven't seen anyone make that. Per- I think I saw one person, Sam Quinn of CBS Sports, <laughs> said the uh, Hawks. The medicine man himself. That's right, yeah. I heard Zach Loka calling on a podcast wow. recently. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? He was, he was doing a Skeets-esque caca <laughs> with, a, I got to say, a little more panache. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like he felt like, it felt like he was making up for 10 years of not caca Yeah, yeah. With his cacaws. Uh, the. The Heat dominated last year in that series against the Hawks. Five games. I don't think I would take the Hawks in a five-game series or in a series against the Heat, but in a one-game scenario, I think they can do it. I think this is a very different team with DeJounte Murray beside Trey Young, and they've looked like the team that could beat the Miami Heat in their recent games. Last seven games are five and two, and they've done exactly what they needed to do against the Heat in this play-in game. Trey Young... Over these seven games, averaged 20 points. DeJounte, 21 points. They've been sharing the ball. Mm. Last year, they didn't have that. They just, they didn't. There was DeAndre Hunter was their sort of their secondary guy. Not good enough. DeJounte Murray, I think, is going to be really confident getting into the lane against the Miami Heat. 
that aren't as good as last year. Let's be frank. They're, they aren't as good as defensively. They're starting Tyler Hero now in their backcourt. Uh, they don't have a healthy Kyle Lowry, even if he does play. I think it's a very different team. Clint Capella was also injured in three of five of those games last year. So I think it's it's different, and the Hawks have been playing their best ball. The Heat have been playing fine as well. They've had some really good games where they look like the Heat. But I think the dynamics have changed, and I think they're buying into Quinn Snyder. I, I really they didn't have any sort of secondary action last year when Trey got stopped. It was ugly, mm-hmm. and he was bad. Uh, but they have a secondary guy now who's uh, super confident. So I think they could do it. I think they are definitely the underdog, uh, but I don't think the Heat's home court advantage is all that good. So I'm taking them. Wow. What do you think? Jimmy Butler already guaranteed a victory. <laughs> That's a bad thing. <laughs> he already predicted I'm getting the win in this one, then we'll go play the Celtics. Uh, Tass is right, though. Needs to be a big DeJounte Murray game if the Hawks are going to have any chance. This season, Trey's shooting 20, 20 per game against the Heat, but he's only shooting 35% from the field. In the one game the Hawks won this season, great game for Murray. 28 points, 7 assists, 11 for 17 from the field, and Trey Young had 10 turnovers in that game. That is the problem, is that the Heat seem to have Trey Young's number in last season's playoffs. 22 field goals for Trey, 31 turnovers. And it was so bad that they went out and got DeJounte Murray. Exactly. That was basically the entire reason uh, they did it, but... The Heat can lose this one easily. They don't shoot the ball very well Mm -hmm. at all. They're 27th in three-point percentage, but they take a lot of them to kind of make up for that. The Hawks don't always take advantage of it. They're 21st in percent, but only 28th in attempts. They got to hit threes tonight, which means Trey Young has to hit threes, uh, which means maybe Sadiq Bey needs to get off the bench a little bit here uh, to hit some threes, and they have to hope for a poor shooting night from Miami. And also, the Hawks have to make sure they keep the Heat off the line. The Heat force a bunch of turnovers. The Hawks don't turn it over very much. So maybe that's something they could slid towards the Hawks. But if Jimmy Butler is just living in the lane, going to the free throw line all night, the Heat will score enough to beat the Hawks. Young, we've talked about this, has struggled against the Heat in his entire career, not just last year's playoffs. Throw me off every time you say Young. I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) Trey Young, ice Trey himself, against Spo in 17 career games versus Miami. He's averaging just 21.4 points per game. Okay, that doesn't sound that bad, but 40% shooting, 32% from three. It's even worse in the four games this season. They do a good job of just rattling him and they have bigger guards and they trap him and they say yeah go ahead hunter you beat us yeah go ahead john collins you try and beat us like you know now you have Dejounte murray though and it did work in that one game so he has to have a monster game uh he has to be big 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 tonight for them to pull this off the thing with butler is i mean we talk about it with the warriors right like yeah okay they don't really care that much about the regular season but they're they're 16 game players when the playoffs come they go to another level that is jimmy butler i couldn't believe this he has six 40-point games as a member of the Miami Heat, all in the playoffs. Now, I know tonight's play-in game is not really the playoffs, but it's the postseason. But that's wild. He's never done it in the regular season as a Miami Heat member. Six of them in the postseason. And according to Elias Sports Bureau, this is a fun trivia question for you guys. Butler is one of two active 20-point-per-game scorers with at least 100 playoff games who has raised their points per game, their rebounds per game, and their assists per game in the postseason. Can you name the other active player who scores over 20 points per game? 100 playoff yeah, games. Yeah, a lot. We just talked about Kawhi. it. Kawhi. No, close. Paul George? Paul George. Paul George. Playoff P. I know, playoff P for a reason. Yeah, so those anyway, Pacer days were good days. Uh, not only does Jimmy have good success against the, 
the Hawks. So does Bam. I think it gets overlooked. 25-10-4 and four he averaged in the four games uh, versus Atlanta this year too. I like that now under Quinn Snyder, the Hawks hit the glass. Like they're second in offensive rebounding, first and second chance points, again, since Quinn Snyder took over. So maybe those extra possessions keeps them around. I, I think it's going to be a close game. And, and then it's like, which star is going to take over? I'm going to bet on Jimmy Butler, on you know, against uh, obviously a Dejounte. That's Trae a good Young. bet. Yeah, to bet on Jimmy yeah. Butler. He's proven it time and time again. But hopefully, it's a close game. Because I always wonder in these seven eight matchups, if you're getting like blown out, it's like you sort of have to make a decision as a head coach and the organization. Like, should we just like save the guys for Friday night? Like, we get another crack at it. If you're down a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and it's getting out of control, it's like you, you maybe just like. Hey, let's see what the bench can do, and let's yeah. rest the starters. And like, we got to play again on Friday night. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen tonight because we want a close game. But it's always in play. Any other thoughts on Hawks Heat? I think yes, Sadiq Bay. Uh, Trey mentioned him briefly there. I think he could be big. I think he's going to come off the bench, and he's been playing better for the Hawks defensively. He's been passable, and if John Collins isn't hitting shots, you could see Sadiq Bay take. All of his minutes, really, uh, a bunch of his minutes down the stretch. He could play a lot, and the man can shoot, and that's what the Hawks were missing last year as well. Just really reliable three-point shooters, and they were missing a Capella, and they were, Bogdan wasn't himself. So I think they're healthier, and they do have shooting, so the, the makeup is better. Uh, but you know, they're not going to stop, even though the Heat stink defensively. They're not going to stop the Heat either. Uh, so it should be a. Uh, in a weird way, even though the Heat can't score a high-scoring game. Is this Trey Young's f- one of his final games as an Atlanta Hawk? Did you read Kevin O'Connor's <laughs> ringer piece on the uh, you know possibility, I guess, if you want to call it that, of the Hawks, uh, if they had to get desperate here in the offseason, moving off of a guy like Trey Young? I read something similar in The Athletic months ago uh, <laughs> where they said that basically everything is on the table yeah. going forward. I still think it's a huge move to move off your franchise superstar, uh, a guy who has a cool, well-known celebration. So I don't think so. But, I mean, if this goes poorly and then Friday goes poorly <laughs> right. against the Bulls, ah, then, then, <laughs> then maybe we're talking. <laughs> yeah, possible. All right, let's go to tonight's uh, other game. It's the second game on TNT, 10 p.m. Eastern. Will it start at that time? I doubt it. It'll be a little later, but it's Wolves-Lakers. And uh, we see Anthony Edwards and <laughs> a funny LeBron James picture there. <laughs> uh, so here's like an Adam Sandler face. Yeah. From, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the winner of this one, Wolves Lakers, advances to face the Grizzlies in the first round as the number seven seed. The loser obviously gets another chance at it. Uh, big news though from this game, or heading into this game, after punching teammate Kyle Anderson during the Wolves regular season finale on Sunday, Minnesota did suspend Rudy Gobert. For one game, by making him unavailable for tonight's matchup, of course, the Timberwolves will also be without their defensive star, Jaden McDaniels, after he fractured his hand punching a wall at halftime of that same game. I guess he thought it was just a curtain, and he didn't know (laughs) there was a concrete wall behind it. Uh, So, you know, we talked about it yesterday before we knew the Gobert news. A lot of us were saying, nah, they'll probably let him play, and... You know, maybe uh, tell them to miss game one of next year's yeah. regular season. But in the end, they decide to say, just stay home. How shocked were you by this? I was, I was honestly surprised. I, I suppose if it was a 9-10 game, maybe a different choice as well. They will at least have a second chance if they don't beat uh, the Lakers tonight. But, I mean, from a franchise standpoint... 
if a player punches another player, especially in public, they have to be suspended. Otherwise, you're losing <laughs> any sort of credibility going forward. Yeah. So I think smart move by the Timberwolves, but still surprising to me. Yeah. You want to have integrity as a franchise, you do it. But I guess we sit here and we think, strategically wise, you'd want that guy on the floor, <laughs> yeah. especially without... Integrity. <laughs> I know. We're just thinking about the game. Uh, but yeah, as far as an organization, they're thinking about it long term. They want Rudy to be a, a, an integral part of their team. They gave up a boatload for him. So I don't think they want this yeah, to go you know, down just down by the wayside this season already so I think they're they're thinking long term they're not thinking this game even though I was sitting here thinking you don't have Nas Reed as your backup center right uh he's gone so you want Rudy out there that being said going into this game as Kyle Anderson pointed out Rudy's back was uh he wasn't he wasn't playing all that well <laughs> so they played pretty well in the second half without him uh, he his back was an issue, uh, and Kyle Anderson also said in those recorded leaks, if you believe those leaks, that uh, the Wolves baby Rudy Gobert too much, and now they're not babying him. So the Wolves all grown up, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I have, I have some faith I, I, with the Wolves, but they are going to be shorthanded big time. Here. This was already going to be an uphill battle to beat the Lakers in L.A. the way they're playing recently with AD, with LeBron, with all their ex-Wolves. <laughs> with I mean, Austin Reeves. I mean, there's so many. There's like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Vanderbilt, uh, all ex-Minnesota players. But now no Gobert. N- more importantly, no McDaniels to at least try and keep someone in check on the perimeter. No Nas Reed is huge. Uh, that's that's not looking good. Like Anthony Davis should. I know Carl will try his best here, but he should. He has and should dominate once again tonight. So this is, uh, I don't like the chances of the win, winning this game. I'm not sure I would have liked them with all these guys healthy uh, with the way the Lakers are playing. It's like two teams sort of going in opposite directions right now a little bit. Lakers sort of on the rise at the right time. The Wolves, unfortunately, with all of these uh, self-inflicted wounds sort of going the other way. Can Anthony Edwards pop off for one game here? He was amazing down the he stretch against the game. Pelicans. Incredible. He won against, a a lot of it defensively. Yeah. Uh, he was completely locked in on both ends of the ball. He was like that in the playoffs last year as yeah. well. He had some incredible games where he looked like the best player on the court. And I think that's how the Timberwolves could win, is if Edwards has an explosion kind of game yeah. and is the best perimeter player out there. Carl Anthony Towns shooting 47% from three since returning. He's been amazing. Do not foul. Like, that is my biggest concern for this uh, game for the Wolves is without three front court players in Gobert, McDaniels, and Reed, if Carl Anthony Towns gets two fouls in, uh, like, the first eight minutes of this game, it's Jover, baby. Um, the Lakers draw so many free throws, especially since LeBron complained about the call <laughs> against the <laughs> against the Celtics. They're also playing at home. I don't know. Maybe, maybe sitting Gobert was the right thing from a vibe standpoint and because – Perhaps it could make the Lakers overlook the Timberwolves a little bit here and not give a full effort, yeah. which I think is something that has to be a concern for the Lakers. Uh, a big Towns game and a big Edwards game is how this gets done for you, Minnesota. You are saying it's instrumental for Carl Anthony Towns, like if he's already got a foul in him early, give up the AD dunk. Exactly, give up the AD, uh, LeBron you know, drive to the rim. Like, don't put them on the line because yes. you're going to kill yourself with that second foul. That's interesting. Yeah, you're probably right. He needs to play. He obviously needs to splash threes. They need. They need. An, I mean, we're talking about Anthony Edwards having to have a monster game. Everybody has to play above their heads here. I think for them to pull this out. 
against the Lakers, who are, they have been one of the best teams since yeah. the All-Star break, as we keep bringing up. And if Anthony Davis wants this win and, and wants to play to the, his capabilities, like he has been recently, and a recent game against the Wolves, he was monstrous, he can win this game. That's it. Done and done. The Wolves' advantage of having a lot of big guys and being big and, and being really good defensively is gone. Carlton Towns is now the five, and even though he's been really good offensively, this is totally different. Nathan Knight will probably get minutes as the backup center. That's a problem. AD can have his way with that team. I think the they do have enough on the perimeter with Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson and Anthony Edwards, who steps up not only offensively but defensively in the playoffs to slow down uh, the Lakers and, and how great they've been playing in Austin Reeves and Braun. But it's up to AD. And, uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards, again, is – so good, so good, so good when the lights come on. He is a special guy, and he could could have one of those games. It is funny the other night uh, when the Pels uh, were leading the, the Wolves and Rudy Gobert goes out, all of a sudden Anthony Edwards you know, seemingly looks like he takes over. But Carl Anthony Towns really took over, mm. and, and Anthony Edwards in that play where he had that monstrous block and then had the dunk at the other end, he also gave the ball in away in the middle of all that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like he he does get a little overzealous and, and tries to do a little too much he was eight of 21 in that game didn't shoot all that well but four blocks four steals does so much so it's uh it's a good recipe for the future for the for the wolves but uh i, I would take the lakers for sure okay so you are taking the lakers yeah. you're not even convincing yourself the wolves can nah. win this one game I, i'm taking the hawks i know i was gonna say <laughs> i didn't even see sam quinn take minnesota in this game <laughs> not even quinn ah so much good <laughs> Podcasting mentions here. Podcast P, Sam Quinn, Zach Lowe, Kaka. It's a great time. I guess I threw in a KOC article too. She did. Shout out to the mismatch. Uh, (laughs) A lot of content right now to consume. Everybody talking about the same games, and we'll be talking about them tomorrow. You have the Lakers in a close game, dominant win. Where are you going? Like the line was seven and a half. Medium. I would go uh, nine point victory. Nine point victory for the Lakers. I think uh, the seven seeds always win these games. I don't think they've lost to an eight seed yet. Mm. Um, Is that true? I'm pretty sure. Maybe one has lost, but mm. generally in the play-in, if you have home court advantage, you win. What are we at? Year four of these? This is year four? Yeah, the play-in yeah, tournament? Uh, yeah, if we count the bubble one, two, one which was yeah, yeah, a little yeah. weird. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Lakers, Lakers. I also have the Lakers. Let's hear from everybody out there. Who do you got in the Hawks heat? And Wolves Lakers game tonight. I'm pumped. I'm excited. I mean, the play-in games, like, I just hope, excited. I know. Course, yeah. Like, it is the fun you know, I know it's not one and you're done for these teams tonight, but that's still the stakes are high. Still cool, man. Stakes are high, man. It's still yeah. cool, man. It's still cool. <laughs> yeah, well, games that matter again. Yeah, it's been a month of games. Yes, that don't matter, that's what's been basically. going on here. Yeah, and yeah, if you're the the Lakers or the Wolves, you want to play the two seed, I'd say, rather than lose this game and then play the uh, for the eight seed versus the Nuggets. Interesting, interesting. Think, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm talking strategy. You were already talking, talking about talking the Lakers future. Oh, no, you're talking Warriors about the future, Warriors yeah. future. Well, I'm thinking Lakers future here. Yeah, you'd rather have oh, the Grizz than the Nuggets. It, this this uh, playoff picture is set up pretty damn nice for the Lakers when you think about it, right? If they can win tonight, be the seventh seed. A lot of people are going to pick them against the Grizzlies. I mean, that would be a competitive series, I think. Yep. But to avoid then being on the 2-3 side of things, to avoid the Nuggets or, in theory, the Suns, like, and not having to meet one of those teams until the conference finals, if they could then, you know, continue to get by whoever wins the uh, 3-6 matchup between For the sure. That, that, side of the, that side of the bracket, the, the non-reseeding way that the mm. NBA does it, for sure, the two threes, the Kings and War and uh, 
Grizzlies fans out there are saying, what about us? Right. We're in a good side of the bracket, too, because yeah. they are. They are. All right, we got to take uh, our final break. When we come back, Trey Kirby over there has got Tweet of the Night. It's a good one. Don't go anywhere. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right, if you're here live right now on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, Tweet of the Night comes from Andy Larson. That's Andy Blarson on Twitter. Andy B. Larson. Uh, it's award season, and uh, the voters, those lucky voters, had to get their votes in yesterday. Here's Andy's tweet. One thing I didn't know as I fill out the awards ballot. For the Clutch Player of the Year award, they asked the 30 NBA head coaches for their top five most clutch players not on their own team, then made the list of finalists from that. Here's the list. Huh. That's the entire list. That's the entire list. Wow, so the coaches picked a lot of the same players. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the same players. And those players' names are Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, Stephen Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Shea Gildos Alexander, Buddy Heald. Oh. Of the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Whoops. That's what it says. <laughs> Kyrie Irving, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum. Looking at that list, I think that the Clutch Player of the Year is going to come from that list. <laughs> I think it's going to be De'Aaron well, Fox. Has to, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was a weird twist to this. Yeah, I saw John Schumann was surprised as well. I think yeah. he was going to possibly throw a vote to uh, Tyler Hero, and then he was like, oh. I don't even have the option. Now, do you get to vote, like, one, two, three in this? Or is it just, like, Clutch Player of the Year, one guy? That's a great question. Because I thought Schumann was making it sound like he was going to give, like, a end of the ballot, maybe, to a Tyler Hero. But I don't know if Schumann's in the stream. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just from just from Andy's screenshot, it looks like you're just clicking yeah, one name it does. of those, whatever, 13 players, 
18 players, whatever Nine, it may 19, be. I counted. 19? Nice. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, honestly, not a bad list. Not a bad list. No, I mean, Buddy there, there's some Sacramento names you Kings can get rid of. Sacramento Kings is a weird but, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one is weird. Yeah. To me, personally, but it's almost like they let the coaches do the ballot first, put in our top five, and then you pick from that top five. Right. I don't know. Cool, though. <laughs> Very cool. That's just cool. Cool to you see. Know? I don't know what else to say. That's just cool. That's how Jerry West would have wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> he said, like, "Do it this way." Please. I think it's interesting, like uh, like you were saying, like why did they keep this a little secret? Because this caught a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, it's like, oh, I thought I was just gonna be, I guess, writing in my names or or getting to pick from any player in the league, but you're telling me who I can pick from. I guess they saved the dumb votes from happening. Ah, good call. Right. right. <laughs> like, oh, I'm voting for Chimezi Metu. Sure. You know. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right, sure. Schumann's here. He says one, two, three. You do get. Oh, the vote. okay. Okay. And he was having hero second on his ballot. There you go. So I guess that couldn't the, even vote for him. That's the biggest snub here. Who's <laughs> 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 number twenty on your clutch players list? All right. I assume. Uh, did Shu have Fox number one? Let us know, Shu. I'm guessing you probably did. It's either Fox, Brunson, DeRozan, maybe Shea. It's Fox is going to win. DeRozan this thing, would be last year. Not not so much yeah, this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fox and Shea, I imagine, are going to be one and two. Mm. Okay. Uh, you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I like how it all shook down. I like this. <laughs> well, that's a new, nice new voting style. Uh, yeah, yeah, a <laughs> new cool voting, voting style, style just dropped. Uh, yeah, I received a message also on, uh, on from Reddit, you know, how we do our monthly Reddit show. Yeah. A post just dropped there, the Alt-NBA Awards, which they always do, just random categories. Okay. Just totally okay. random, yeah, non-MVP. Just made up things. Yeah. Great, great stuff. Clutch Player of the Year, probably not on there, but, you know, that type of, yeah. Least valuable player, probably that type of stuff. We got to do a show on that. I think mm. that would be perfect this time. Okay, so like yeah, that. so least valuable player, what uh, seventh man of the year? Uh, yeah. Like, what are some other ideas? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, here. no, I haven't checked the post. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> check the post. Well, uh, I could check it. Oh, you're saying take the post, do maybe our NBA Reddit podcast, and then sort of answer, yes. chime in on their specific. The things. real okay. sixth man of the year, presented by Brent Barry. Oh, it's presented by the Spark Plug Award, <laughs> the Most Loose Balls Recovers Award, the Plexiglass Award, the West Unsold Memorial Brick Wall Award. Oh, Jesus. Screener of the Year, basically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, okay. dead, the Dead Shot Award, best qualifying three-point percentage. Oh, showing some love to those those players who don't get enough love. Okay. Your, your Canards, your Horfords. Horfords, second and three-point percentage. The Stormtrooper Award, the... If he dies, he dies. Stop. Award. If he what? dies, he dies. What does that one mean? Presented by Tom Thibodeau. Sponsored by. Oh man! Uh, okay, nice. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. That's surprising. Okay, I like this. This is surprising. Most minutes played this year tied. A guy you'd think would Julius be on Randall? there. Nah, no. Nah, Randall's not on there. He I got played. hurt at the end of the season. Uh, not Edwards. You'd think yeah, games played, but just minutes played. Classic minutes played players. Is it a Raptor? Uh, one Raptor. Yeah, Siakam. Or, Siakam yeah. and a guy you'd Shabana, never think Shabana. of tied with Siakam at thirty-seven point four. Van Vliet? A guy you don't think no. of who plays a lot. Not a Kawhi, but in years past, because of other reasons, hasn't played. Kyrie Irving? That's right. Oh, 37.4. Oh, <laughs> Just stacking up the minutes this Points year. Points per game. 30s, yeah. Black mm-hmm. Hole Award. Hot Potato Award. This is great. This is, <laughs> sounds like a full podcast. <laughs> sounds like exactly. a podcast, man. <laughs> Let's wrap this save podcast it, up it. and start another one. Uh, guys, enjoy the play-in games tonight. We're back tomorrow to recap those games look ahead to the Wednesday night play-in games and we have some more playoff series to start previewing and predicting. Let's hear your predictions in the YouTube comments below. Thanks for joining us here today. We'll see you 
tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern from the Classic Factory. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we say play. You say it. Yeah, play. Yeah. Yeah. See you then. Brace the day, people. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.